there's different you know that's how you knowing this now i can like play to my strengths and whatnot if you so. if you really want your mind blown have somebody read your uh your astrology chart I, not just like what you are like your birth sign but like I just broke what up. signs I just, and I just all that broke crap up with Melissa, but she was like super into the fucking. Did she ever witch, read you yours? The, witch, the witchcraft shit. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not about it. <laughs> <laughs> in in this weird, I'm, I'm a Catholic. This, I'm a Catholic. In this weird uh, theory I have, <laughs> so he, hear me out because I think it's a little weird, a little far fetched, but there might be some science behind it, right? So their ultimate logic with astrology and all this is that uh, things that happen in your life are or were or have influence on them by the stars, right? Yes. And you're like. Get the fuck out of here. Like, these stars are millions of billions of light years away. However, comma, if light, these stars, they emit light, they're waves of energy, what's to say that when when these waves of energy hit you, they do not affect you in some weird way? So that if you were born in January or February or XYZ, whatever star was emitting waves above you, you Mm -hmm. somehow absorbed some of that leaked uh, star radiation energy, whatever the hell you call it. I've never heard that avenue of this. Right. That seems more... So, so that's that's a scientific approach to that shit. Melissa's like super, like super spiritual, like what time? What time were you born? So I can like run your numbers into the fucking moon clock or whatever the hell. (laughs) The moon Um, clock. But uh, but she's big into the whole tarot cards thing too. We're not recording, are we? Yeah. Oh, we are. Okay. Well, totally we don't nice. have to use. No. Them. Yeah. You, you could use it if you want. But uh, <clears throat> she she ran like tarot cards, and I'm like, I like. I personally, I feel like I could pull any card, and I could tell you like some bullshit right? about yourself. Oh yeah. Um, but her shit was. She was like, oh well, this card is like blah 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 blah. Like, damn, that's fucking real personal, bitch. <laughs> 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 like, uh, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like it, this game. Isn't, isn't that interesting? My, my yeah. Catholic, my Catholic uh, altar boy never got touched. Um, <laughs> Self is like uh, it's a witchcraft. I don't like it, <laughs> but at the same time, it is like yeah, that shit was that was pretty spot on. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Yeah, if you ever have, I, I don't know. I'm definitely down to to get my stuff right again and actually kind of remember record or remember some of the things that they said. Because yeah, man, you, what if you were affected by stars at birth or I'm gonna conception? Have you say three Hail Marys and one Our Father. <laughs> right. Dude, he's good. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, we are back with another episode of Triple B Adventures. You've been hearing the amazing voice of Aiden Damali with Damali Designs, myself, Juan Ortiz, and our star editor, producer, number one guest, Nate Landshark Schirmer. Awesome. So, folks, for this episode, again, I wanted to do, introduce to you Aiden Damali. Um, Marine Corps veteran, he is working the industry right now as a product photographer or also doing uh, headshots. Um, I forgot the name. Do all, uh, portraits, all, I'm sorry. All the things, videography, photography, and I'll, and I'll talk about being kind of a jack of all trades and jack of nothing too later on. But All right, all right. Yeah, and, so. and amazing video. I really liked the way that you did uh, Sergio's video. Nice. Yeah, nice. Young Warrior. Oh, yeah. That was, that was awesome. I, I have that link for you, by the way. We'll get it to you okay. nice. shortly. Nice. So to, to kind of start off, to have a starting point, Aiden, um, where did you enlist out of? And, uh, and tell us what was kind of happening. What made you enlist? Did you want to enlist? Did a recruiter sweet talk you? What, what happened then? Yeah, so uh, we'll take it back to 2010. Um, yeah, that, so wasn't, I, that wasn't that long ago. No. Did yeah. you just wow. date yourself? That, like, that's, when I graduated, that's when I graduated high school. Um, Young so two, buck. So 2010, I 
got out of high school, I was working at a five-star inn, uh, inn and restaurant called the Inn at Little Washington, and I was working there as a dishwasher, and I had, uh, I'm very big on self-reliance and, and just being my own fucking person, um, so I moved out of my parents' house within like 20 days of me getting out of high school. I was like, yeah, I don't like your rules. I'm going to leave now, <laughs> um, and they're like, Oh, okay. My my dad actually shook my hand when I left. He was like, "Ah, oh, it's good. I, I wanted you out." And like, and we have probably one of the best relationships now because of that. Nice. You know, and I think there's there's something they say about like, "Hey, I, like, I don't need your help. I'm ready to do my own thing." And any, especially any male household, I think there's a lot of testosterone like butting up between father and son, because you know I'm a 17 year old and I fucking know everything. Just deal with it, dad. Um, but yeah, so I, I I moved out. I was working as a dishwasher. I was making twelve dollars an hour as a dishwasher, and then I found out the cooks there were making $13 an hour, so I was like, well, I'm definitely not going to be a cook, uh, knowing that these guys are at the top of their level and making, like, shit money. Um, so I was like, what do I do? How, how am I going to open up my kind of path to success? I, I, I know I, I want to make a lot of money. I want to go to school. Biggest thing, I want to go to college, but I didn't, I, I didn't have the funds then to pay for it. I didn't want my parents to pay for it. How do I, how do I go to school on my own dime? Join the military. Okay, so what, what what branch do I join? Ah, motherfucker. All my family has pointed to the Marines. My neighbor was a Marine. Everybody talks shit about any other branch other than the Marine Corps. I'm going to have to join the fucking Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very happy that I joined the Marine Corps. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, one of my neighbors uh, that I had done, I was just... I did all this like housework and yard work and he was, uh, he was a Vietnam vet and I went to a couple of his reunions before he passed away. But he was definitely a big inspiration just kind of like seeing those, those guys, you know, and, and like hear, hearing their stories and uh, I, I would like mow the lawn and just hear these like war stories from him and I was like, oh, I, got, I got to join this fucking branch. Like it just <laughs> has to happen. Um, and so... I had watched Generation Kill. I think that had just come out recently. Oh, and, and that sealed uh, it? And, and then, yeah, and then you said you had a boner for like seven episodes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was kind of my, my verdict. I was working in the kitchen. Um, I had I one of the one of the cooks had quit, and I had asked one of the executive chefs, hey, can I, uh, instead of being a dishwasher, can I try out for one of the cooking positions? I live with three of the other chefs. Can I, uh, can I, can I try out for a cook? and be one of your prep cooks in the morning. And he was like, yeah, for sure, do it. And so I tried out. They were like, he is already a fit. Um, and so I was able to be one of the prep cooks for this, like, five-star in, in Little Washington. And during that time period, I was a little fat. Um, still am, but uh, a little more fat then. And, uh, <laughs> it just looked like you have big arms is all. <laughs> but the... So I so I, I went to the I went to the Marine recruiter, and uh, he was about 45 minutes away. I lived in literally the middle of nowhere. And and I and it, it's an easy sell, and I think marine recruiters do have an easy like as a marine recruiter. If I was a marine recruiter, I wouldn't be trying to sell anybody. To be honest, like, do you want to be a part of us or not? Yeah. Okay, moving on, because I know there's a lot of people that want to join the Marine Corps. Like, the Marine Corps has the best built propaganda system oh, ever. Absolutely. Like, hey, you want to be a marine? Ah, you're not worthy. Get the fuck out of my office. Yep. You know? Yeah. Oh, fuck you. I'm going to be a Marine. Oh, yeah? Are you going to be a Marine? Like, yeah, I'm going to be a Marine. Show up to yeah, the pool meetings. Sign right here. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, I, so I went in there knowing, like, hey, how do I how do I become a Marine? He's like, well, you're actually too fat right now. Uh, you need to drop out 25 pounds. And so I was like, all right, let's uh, let's figure this out. Uh, I did wrestling in high school, so I was like, very, like, I was, I was privy to that, but I also worked in this, like, French-American restaurant that was, like, everything French is is 
butter. So yeah. uh, just amazing food. Uh, and especially as a dishwasher, like all the cooks are like, hey, clean my pot and I'll like hook you up with a plate. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll clean your <laughs> pot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then, so there, there was that. And uh, I, I gained a little weight then, but then I, I pretty much like, one of one of my mentors back then, he had he had shown me this this kind of diet hack that he used when he was fighting, and I think it's really funny that this was back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and what's the big diet trend right now is keto, right? Yeah. Um, so one of, he was like, bro, take the next four days and eat nothing but chicken breast and water, and do that every three hours. You have like six ounces of chicken, and maybe like if you want any kind of like sauce, put like hot sauce on it. Zero carbs. Get your body into this like fat burning stage, no carbs, zero carbs. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. I lost like 16 pounds in like three days. Damn. And, it, and it was like, it was like water weight. It was like fat. It was like the whole thing. And your, your body in that like three, four days, you just like, you just turn into a furnace. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wouldn't say, I, I think what's really funny about it was just like, don't do it for more than four days because like it starts eating away at your brain is what he had said. That <laughs> oh, was back shit. in, that was back in 2009. And so now we, we're in keto where people are doing this for like six months to a year. Just I, personally, I think they're getting brain dead. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I think, I think Fucking it's, zombies I think, it, I think it's a diet. It's a diet hack. It's a diet. It's it, all of these diets are, are, are things to add to your toolbox. Um, and you know, and ideally calories in calories out. If you, you track your macros, I think that's, that's the best way. Um, and that's what's worked for me uh, macros for the most part sounds like you're you got serious about it for a while uh, so that that was yeah and so so i dropped i dropped about 30 pounds i went from i went from about two when i wanted to join the marine Corps, i was at 245 and i got down to 195 when i joined the when i when i actually like went to boot camp so i was in a good place i was running i was working out um but and but i would say 90 percent of that was diet like 100 percent. like I'd, I'd done uh uh, what was that? Uh, Tim Ferriss before he got like huge. I I like I was one of his like groupie fans, and I, I bought his Four Hour Body, and he taught he gave like some slow carb diet that he had tried, and and I did that, and and that worked really well too. Um, but yeah, so I so that was like all right. I made within six months. I got to my goal, joined the Marine Corps, and uh, and I, I shipped out almost. Well, it's a funny story about that. Actually, I was I was set to ship within like a month and a half. I had quit my job; everything was good, and then sequestration had hit. I, I want to say like two thousand what eleven. Yeah, um, I remember that. And I was it was an like everybody was like, "There's no money," and so our all our boot camp dates got shifted by nine months, and so I didn't really want to go back to the old job. I just picked up this new girlfriend who would later be my ex-wife, um, <laughs> but uh, the. Uh, <laughs> Where was I going with that? Um, sequestration. Yes, yeah, sequestration. So I, I pushed for nine months. So I moved up to uh, closer to my girlfriend uh, while I was just waiting. And so I was just really focusing on, all right, getting the best shape of your life. I was working at a server at B-dubs, um, making really good money. I think it's insane. The hourly wage of a server is like $2 an hour. But at B-dubs, um, if you hustled correctly, you could make anywhere from like 300 to $400 a night. Damn. Um, and that was because I had women have these these things uh on their chest that really like help to increase tips <laughs> guys don't have that asset but what i had that they didn't was i had a future which i don't want to like talk shit on servers at all but i Damn. i i was asking I, like there. i i always i i would always like as a guy like a lot of a lot of guy servers i've talked to a lot of guy servers and it, it is hard you have to like how do you how do you treat this? Well, you know, what makes you sexy? What, what, what gives makes, you the what hit gives factor? you that, that hit? And so, you know, I'd always try to like tell them 
I would, I would over the hour and a half meal, I would always like try to like sneak in that yeah, I'm joining the Marine Corps. Ah. I'm joining the Marine Corps, <laughs> and and their light, eyes were light up. I lived in Virginia at the time, so it was very like military centric yeah. town. Um, and so my tips went up like dramatically when I started doing that. And it's like, all right, hey, this is making me more money. Another tip for if any of you servers are there as a male, glasses. I wore glasses, and I found that my my glasses would increase my tips anywhere from fifteen to forty five percent. Really? Uh, and so I again, I'm I'm like robot brained. I was uh, <laughs> definitely looking. I'm sure you upsell them too. Yes, yeah. I mean, to to a degree, but more than anything, I'm I'm making more money on my tips. So, if you do sell like two hundred dollar table, you're hopefully going to get twenty percent of that table. But even if I'm selling like a thirty dollar dinner, you know, they're still gonna, they're going to be like ah, seven to twelve bucks, and they were only there for thirty minutes. So, so it, it, it's more volume, especially in beat ups. It's not like they're not coming there for fine dining. They're it's yeah. in and out. Hey, get me cold beers. Get me get me my beers quick. Um, and that was another thing. Is just, I was, I was, I've always been a hustler, but uh, yeah. I was definitely like, just like, just running around the bars like a maniac. Just like, here's your beer. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you real there, yeah. right there real quick. Um, I really like learning that about you. I've I've known your worth your work ethic to be pretty strong. Uh, it's nice to know that you had that service background. I feel like a lot of people that have that service background gives them a greater perspective into how to deliver value, how to like look into your client's needs and not your needs. So heck yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that. Your ranch dressing is not that important. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I think it's, uh, I, I don't want to say anything is required, but I think it is a very good, um, not, I wouldn't say skill, but it's a good experience to have being a server, whether you're a server for a month, a year, two years or a career, you know, it, it's, it's a good uh, being in service of people, I think, is is good, and and, and being um, knowing that like, hey, the way I interact with others de- determines my my income. You know, hey, if I'm a shithead with an attitude, no one's gonna tip me. They're gonna be like, get the get the fuck out of here. I want her as my my mm-hmm. waitress or waiter. Um, so just kind of like being able to turn on that. And hey, I mean, it is it is a switch at the end of the day. It's like you, you don't want to yeah. be fake, but at the same time, like, hey, I'm not having a good day, but that's irrelevant right now. And so, like, knowing that that's that's the case. So, so you had this kind of, like, nine-month pause or so before you went in. Yeah. So Finally, I, you get your ship-out date. Yeah, who cares about beat-ups? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the Marine Corps. So, um, so what was it like once once you got in? Did you know you were going to go to uh, ordinance, or, or no, how did that all roll no. out? No. So, I, uh, yeah, ordinance, ordinance. Um, boot camp was fun. Uh, I went to Paris Island. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I went to Paris Island in, when, when did I ship out? I, was I it hot in, or cold? I left in May. May twenty eighth is uh, when, so I, when I signed up. Yeah, it was miserably miserably hot. Um, so it was, fleas were there, like sand sand fleas, and yeah, I had I had just a wonderful group of drill instructors that just coddled me and just took <laughs> care of me, and they like tucked me in at night. They were detail they, oriented with your training, huh? Yeah, it was it was rough too because I had uh, a funny story about boot camp. I was in a relationship, and I think everybody in boot camp has that that moment where you're just like, oh, my, my girl, she's on the outside, and and nope, uh, not me, I no, didn't have that. Yeah, it was good and smart. I'm an idiot for going into boot camp with like a significant other. Um, a significant other got me into boot camp, but definitely didn't stick around. No. So I'm, I'm curious. And so, but so yeah, so we did all these letters back and forth, like, oh my god, I, I'm, I love you. <laughs> um, and the uh, yeah, we went back and forth for like two and a half months found out she was like cheating while I was at boot camp which is like super Fucking shitty Jody. and then 
all this time, like, you don't know. You have zero clue. I, I, the only communication I have with you is a letter, which I appreciate her writing me letters. That was nice. Um, she's getting, like, dicked down, but, like, the letters. <laughs> um, she made the time after the session to, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. write one out I, for I you. I care about you, but you're not here. I feel um, bad. But the uh, – yeah, and so I got the letter. Well, I, I guess she told my mom, and then my mom told my dad. And my dad, like, uh, again, me and my dad's relationship has been amazing. He was like, I'm going down to fucking Paris Island. I'm going to pull him out. Like, I need to, like, I need, I need to make sure he's okay. He was worried that I was going to, like, kill myself. And I'm like, bro, like, I'm not going to kill myself. No, <laughs> Too no, busy, no. yeah. And, that, and that's a note to anybody wanting to commit suicide over a girl. No bitch is worth your life. Um, and that's that's the truth. And he, like, it, there's no, there is no excuse for a chick being able to, like, dictate your life like that. And I think that's, there's some truth to that. Um but uh, but yeah, it was definitely it was a rough it was a rough two weeks. You felt like I got punched in the stomach. My drill instructor had told me my mom wanted me to like stop my mail because she was gonna send a letter to me saying that she broke up with me. And my drill instructor was like, "You're a grown ass man." I'm like, "I'm a grown ass man. Give me that fucking letter, sir." Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so then so and then so now that I'm a target, like thank thanks mom for fucking making me known to my drill instructors so they can like literally get in my fucking. Now, ass. now they know what kind. Um, of blood is in the water yeah dude like it was i i got i, I was like a fucking target and they were like oh we're, we got you you weren't gonna kill yourself you're gonna want to kill yourself now um like they, they were rough i was like i was there i i was one of their favorite targets i i, I definitely felt like i was i was targeted i i can imagine drill instructor shit like what's up Aiden? you got a broken heart let me fix that for you no no and, like it was exercising. like it was like die yeah <laughs> uh, my, so my name is aiden mccormick demoli uh my mom uh had the great inclination to hyphenate my name thank you for all the years of substitute teachers butchering my fucking name and and whatnot um but uh yeah i i was mccormick in the military so i went by aiden demoli and i still go by aiden demoli but in the military mccormick preface like demoli and so they're like yeah we don't give a fuck you're, Demol- you're McCormick right now. So I went I went McCormick for four years in the military, and I'd never gone by that name in 19 years. Um, so I became Sergeant. I became Lance Corporal McCormick, Corporal McCormick, Sergeant McCormick. Um, but uh, who else was named McCormick was Kenny McCormick from South Park. Mm. And so my, my drill instructors were, were very fond of calling me fucking Kenny McCormick. You're going to die every single day. <laughs> and, and I did. I, I, I lost a part of my soul in boot camp, and uh, it was good. And I, I definitely growed, and I got abs, and it was nice. And... So that was it was all part of the part of the plan, That's um, funny. but but boot camp finished um, was successful. I went down to MCT that was a blast, and then MCT we got orders that aviation ordinance, and so I went to Virginia and well Pensacola I finished off my class so I was like it was a funny story too. Uh, what platform you were fifty threes fifty threes so I I finished off my class in in Pensacola and all the Navy guys and all the Marines are there, and I'm like, I get to pick my platform, and I'm like, oh, all right, I'm, I'm going aviation, so there's that. So what's what's the what's the good one? What's the good platform? And and everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, I should go Hueys and Cobras, and like, and then I, there's like a couple guys that were F-18 teachers, instructors, and they were like, the F-18 carries all the ordnance of all the platforms. It is the war machine of the past 30 years. You want to be part of this F-18 community? Oh yeah. And I was like. That was a good elevator pitch, fuck, yeah. yeah right. Fuck yeah! Oh, and, and you look at you look at the F eighteen, <clears> and it's a war machine. Like I I, I, lo- I love working on this yeah. aircraft. Like it's fun. You load 
you know, we're, we're like sidewinders. We're learning fucking 500 pound bombs. We're is that, is two, that an actual fact that it carries bombs all the ordnance every, every of... as an F-18 platform? Uh, so, so what's cool about ordnance, uh, where it might not be so specific as like a power line or, or uh, air, airframe or whatnot mechanic, you guys are trained on a certain platform. We're trained on that platform, but we're more specifically trained to the, the weaponry. And so as an F-18 guy, it's very easy to go, hey, I want to go C-130s, I want to go to Huey Covers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to go to Ospreys, hey, I'm, I'm trying, can, I can shoot, you know, the 7.62 out of the fucking Gal-17, is it Gal-17 shoot? Yeah. Is that a, am I like butchering that completely? Um, no, no, the, oh, the, the minigun, yeah. know what the fuck he's talking about. Um, he's talking about <laughs> the, uh, the minigun that we have on, uh, we sometimes load on some of the, uh, yep. the platforms. So, so as an F-18 guy, you can go anywhere whereas other platforms coming to f-18s are kind of like lost in the sauce to a degree um we like to pride ourselves in being were you one of those if you ain't ordinance you ain't shit kind of guys (laughs) we would would say our retarded cry at bars and make people get all funny about it um (laughs) do you still remember that cry I yo yes. I always because no, no I'm, I'm glad you kind of like announced it out for me. I thought I always thought it was a uh, Aya Oyas. So there was um, there, was one, there was one challenge coin. Uh, we were we were on dead in I think Mountain Homes in Air Force Base. Uh, there was a there was a coin and it was uh, there was their thing is uh, I I yeah, yes. I, I don't even know. It's if you ain't if you ain't ammo. So it was aviation ammo. Uh, <laughs> but it was but they had a coin. It was like uh, if you ain't ammo, you ain't shit killing more people than cancer because fuck you that's why and i was like, <laughs> I, was like I, I still i still have this challenge coin it's like probably one of my favorite ones um but but yeah i mean that's if you ain't ordinance you ain't shit i think comes from uh, there's a bunch of units that use that same right right, right right but we all claim that we started even it. even the, the <laughs> even the ordinance guys like putting the the explosive cads on the side of like a helicopter or something like explosive yeah. cads aren't going to do anything cool they're just designed to release shit release, or release or the, release the bomb detach bomb shit that's supposed to but even they would be like oh yeah 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 um but yeah so i uh where, where where's the timeline at we, oh no you're good you're good i, I was gonna ask okay. the next question actually but, but yeah so got, got to f-18s I'll, I'll wrap this up pretty quick um pensacola chose i chose the war machine i was like i want to be f-18s uh, we went to Virginia. That's one of the C schools. You have, uh, I think, Lamore and, and Oceana is the two F-18 kind of schoolhouses mm-hmm. for C school. Um, Virginia Beach was great. I got to see my family a couple times. We were there over the Christmas breaks. Um, fun fun fact about Oceana, they told you, do not buy a car. And I was like, we're spending a lot of money in taxis. I'm going to buy, like, a hoopty. I bought, like, a $600 Honda Accord. I put, like, a $400 radio in it. <laughs> I sold it for $1,200, which is cool. But... Uh, <laughs> But that was my that was my like taxi for for my like three months that I was in C school. Um, and Oceana, and then, where's that? That's Virginia Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so I then because I had a car, I warranted to drive to San Diego, which was amazing because uh, life hack, you get paid to travel in the military, um, and they paid me like twenty eight hundred dollars to travel from Virginia Beach to San Diego as a just turning twenty one year old idiot. Damn. And uh, my buddy had bought a brand new car. I had a 1992 Honda Accord that didn't have like a door handle and had like a rope instead. So it was like <laughs> literally falling apart. So I sold it right before we left, but we I got the orders with that car. And so me and my buddy, we drove across country, had a great time. We made it to Vegas in four days and we spent five days in Vegas. Um, and then we went to our, <laughs> our duty <laughs> station. Oh, yeah. So the military is all about life hacking yourself. And I think that's really the important uh, lesson here. But um, 
No stories of Vegas. We got to San Diego, uh, got to my unit and part of 232 uh, Red Devils. And uh, it was a, it was a Ooh, great... Ooh, they were, they were Lamar or Miramar? Miramar. Miramar. Yeah, yeah. And uh, had, I, I would say had a, had a great four years. Um, we went to Japan within about six months of me getting there. Uh, and that was where I kind of like cut my teeth on kind of learning this aircraft and this, and this system. Um, but we, I mean, so I, I think there's, there's two deployments. You go to the Middle East and, and that's, you know, 12, 16 on, 12 off or whatever. Um, that's nonstop. You're, you know, just constant, constant going. Oh, for sure. Whereas Japan is, is like a Asian vacation, which is yeah, cool. Yeah, you can drink and Drink relax and there. have fun and get belligerently like you might have a cool debt you get to go on we, I mean, we traveled everywhere we yeah. went to guam we went to philippines we went to south korea uh, thailand where else did we go Oki, um all over the place I, it was like six places guam was amazing um but uh but yeah so so japan was a good time and i think that's that's where that's where they're you know you're you're doing stuff that you would do in inconus and and now you're doing it abroad and you know, there's people that are deployed there for two years so um, before we before you transition to your story getting out of the Marine Corps yeah. uh, and, and what you're doing now, uh, a quick little rapid fire. Uh, while you were in the service, what okay. was your favorite fired weapon? Something that you got to shoot that you were like, heck yeah, I could have one of these. Um, I think MCT. What was it? The 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 240. Okay. What, what's yeah, the, yeah. No, what's the smaller one? Is the 249? 249 uh, is smaller. 249. Yeah. So so there was like there was Saw. there was like the there was the the rifle course with the two forty nine, and like they're setting up targets at like eight hundred and like twelve hundred yards, and I'm like sitting with this machine gun and like the target comes up and I'm like pop 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 and I'm like, yo this machine gun is like killing people at like twelve hundred yards. This is amazing, <laughs> you know. And it's like it's it was it was a good it was a good feeling. It's a, it's a cool cool weapon. Um, All right, that uh, was that was definitely uh, you feel your uh, phallic regions growing, right. um, rather <laughs> rather largely shooting that. You like that better than the minigun? I never I never got to shoot the minigun. So that, oh. that that's one of the that's one of the drawbacks of the F-18s is you don't actually get to. So like on a on a on a Huey Cobra guy or like um, you would you would be like part of like air crew whereas f-18 they can only fit one of those fucking pilots in there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love that they can only fit one of those fuckers in there um your favorite uh ground vehicle and then to follow that up your favorite air vehicle favorite ground vehicle so one of the, my jobs was riding the sats which i don't know the the acronym for that but it was a is a loader pretty much so it's like pretty much like this like fast forklift that we would load bombs with and i was relatively good at it so I, they always put me on there that sounds fucking dangerous first was, of all well, you're, you're, a fast you're, forklift you're 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 literally i mean think about when we were you know so we, we 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 were out of bahrain but we were doing operations out of iraq and syria and so you're constantly your planes are going out every like two to four hours and you know planes are coming back completely empty hey go grab the bombs load up the bombs resave the bombs send the birds out um and we, I mean, that was a slow pace compared to guys that are like no shit, like in you know Afghanistan. There, I think they were running like two hour turnarounds or hour turnarounds. Um, and, so, and quick little interjection question: Yeah, are they getting info before the planes are coming in, or uh, you know, in, the birds in, coming in? Like, in, hey, in we, what way? Like, hey, we need we need these bombs. We need this ammunition ready. That way, mm. they're not coming in, and then you're like, oh, what do you need? So we, so so you. 
you have like a launch and, and uh, reclaim team, so they're they're kind of at the end of the runway. They're arming up the bird before they launch out, and then they they uh, save them when they come back in. So if, say they didn't shoot off like a Maverick, we we because it's like a forward firing missile, you like turn, uh, you have to like dearm that missile before you actually bring it back to the base. Um, and so at that point, our guys are telling us like, hey, we need these bombs. These have them staged, have them ready to go. Yeah, and and so that that th- there's enough time to like get everything in order, but I, I think the the process is you know getting it loaded, getting it safe again, getting it you know ready to for the next pilot to come and take it. Yeah. So what I really meant was like, is get, is it a proactive timeline. system? Like you, you're getting tied in with the system. They shoot something off, and you know, hey, we got to be prepared. So it's not really a proactive system. It's we, we, we were always I mean I, I think the first two three weeks are a little chaotic when just when you get out there because it's new um, but after a month you you kind of like quickly like all right hey they're they're dropping all their bombs they're going out with eight bombs they're coming back empty fuck yeah um, we're just always ready you okay. know and, and and we had a they call it like a bomb garden but you had like a bomb garden on the like back end of the base that we would oh, like, like it. be it's a beautiful be word i know bomb right yeah we, we dropped we dropped we dropped a lot of shit in bahrain it was cool um which granted <laughs> I, part part of me is like yeah hell yeah but we're also dropping it on like we're dropping like a 500 pound bomb on like two taliban which i would rather drop a 500 pound bomb all all day you know or not taliban isis um back the then. uh but it's yeah, on it's, it's all just, their equipment and all yeah. their. It's we're spending about like seven hundred thousand dollars on, you know, or probably what, more, million. more than that, million, yeah. million dollars on like two guys, two right. two guys that are like. So uh, a, a fast forklift for for ground vehicle. What about an air vehicle? <laughs> uh, favorite air vehicle. A ten. Uh, even though it's not Marines, okay. it should be wow. it should be the Marines aircraft. We're we're gonna take it because we get the. Oh yeah, you think that's coming down to us? Uh, probably not. Yeah, Air, Air Force. Air Force is like, oh, we're cool. We got this. And like, yeah, you're still a bitch. But. Quick, quick little sidebar. But no, uh, I've heard a lot of debates of them taking the A-10 out. Everything from yeah, like it's outdated, too. it's too heavy, it's, it's too it's fuel old. inefficient. No, it's an old aircraft. It's old. Uh, but one of those rounds can like destroy a tank, so that's yeah. exciting. F-18 right. can't do that still. So. And then the last one, your favorite deployment. Favorite deployment. Um, Deployment or debt, just you know, time you went, you had to pack up the sea bags and go. I, I, I would say, I would say uh, to Bahrain. Um, so ordnance quals, you you start as a team member, then you go to a team leader. You take more of a kind of a uh, supervisory role. Um, and I think it's interesting. Aviation works. Aviation is interesting because rank rank is always you know the priority, but but quals really hold quads and billet and so you know as a as a corporal cdi quaso so collateral duty inspector they're the ones pretty much signing like omnis dominus this aircraft is like i i declare this maintenance good therefore it is good um that that's a big role hey i'm, I'm signing off on a 50 million dollar aircraft saying it's good for flight sir you're safe you know so i mean there was a lot of weight to that uh, yeah. and then as a quaso and this is i i like to call quaso god mode um, in the ordinance yeah, what community. What does Quaso stand for? Uh, Quality Assurance Safety Observer. Okay. Uh, and so, but, but more so in specifics to ordinance. So we are pretty much the last line of sight for ordinance going out. So it's like, hey, jet's loaded, power lines are done, everybody's done with this jet. I'm, as an ordinance, um, NCO is going to go see that jet. I'm going to give it its final safe. I'm going to look, look through all its instruments and components, make sure doors are together, make sure nothing's crazy so i'm i'm the one giving that last like that last look uh, so you have final inspectors at the very very end right like maybe like 30 seconds before a flight goes out 
but the you know our, our safe is anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes just making sure that aircraft is like hey sir my bombs are good that plane is good go kill go kill some bad guys oh yeah um and so that was so i i was a corporal cdi quazo uh in bahrain you know kind of running a crew um me and my my buddy alfaro which he might come later tonight or not um you know we we were both corporal cdi quazos you know we had sergeants and staff sergeants above us but it was like hey this this is our baby like just stay the fuck away let me fucking let's let's do work um and i think that that to me was my favorite part knowing that like i'm 22 nothing my buddy was like 24 nothing none of us are like you know we're, we're we're making decisions of this like 15 18 million dollar aircraft and like you know we, there was a couple missions where uh, we're dropping like 2,000 pound bombs and i'm like i'm like doing the final safe on this 2,000 pound bomb like just rock hard and i can't like this is amazing <laughs> um yeah we blew up some like soccer stadium that they said was like a huge weapon cache and it's on youtube if you google uh inherent resolve uh stadium something um I can nice show, I'll show, I'll show it to you guys after this, but uh, yeah, it, please, it's, it's a fun. <laughs> one. Um, but but yeah, I mean, again, you're, and I think that's what's so cool about the military is like you got a 22 year old making these fucking decisions, you got a you know a 19 year old rifleman like fucking kicking doors down and fucking taking names, yeah. you know, and, and I think it's 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 crazy it's crazy how politically correct we are here, and it's like you know you're you're asking this military to do dark shit, like you know it's like we we are. We are responding in a way that's like, you know, whether you like it or not, this is what's happening on the other side of the world, and people aren't privy to it. And it's like, you know, maybe, maybe that's a good thing you're not privy to it because it's it's pretty dark. Yeah. You know, and and, and we're dealing with an adversary that's that's pretty that's pretty dark. But they I, should know. They they should know. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's crazy too. Um, I, you see, like, you know, oh, this the horror of this mass shooter and stuff, and it's like this is terrible, and it's like, yeah, it is terrible, but like look at the videos that like isis is putting out where they have kids like beheading people and you got like yeah and this is like evil like evil is is what evil is but like there there is this part of the world over there there's just it's a whole nother level of evil and they're absolutely and they're accept they're accepting this and it's like yeah it's like are, are we the ones to determine like do we need to like eradicate this from the earth hmm, i don't know maybe like, you know, Hitler was pretty evil, and we fucking we wiped it from the fucking planet. That's right. Um, and and so I think you know it's it's there, there's something to be said about that. I, I think, um, and again, just being a, in that 19 to 25 year old kind of role of you know making these decisions, you know, and and, and knowing that like, you know, luckily, I mean, in, in aviation is relatively safe. F-18s have to be a little bit further away. Yeah, it's such a high price item that they're not gonna like put it like in direct harm's way. Yeah, what is the price tag of a of an F eighteen? Let's say what is it, like fifteen to eighteen Ball, million ballpark uh, okay. for for a new for a new depending aircraft. on what year model. So and that was that was like that was when I think it was like being made, uh, yeah. but now I mean you look at it now just just the operation costs of like hey one hundred one is a training unit. What does it cost per hour to run a three hundred personnel unit during the day? to run a flight schedule of eight birds we got gas prices uh fuel prices on those birds probably anywhere from like 15 to like forty-five thousand dollars of fuel like you're, you're talking a lot of money and granted there's probably issues of government spending being like out of control which it is and that is, it is what it is but um but despite all that you have 25 year olds making decisions in regards to their lives and the lives of others and pretty it's pretty impressive so if you're gonna hire a veteran you're 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 hiring a lot of you're hiring a lot of uh yes we've dealt with a lot but we've also we've we've dealt with a lot in in a a very uh, i think supervisor role um 
I know for me, a lot of us, we, we try to see things ahead, you know, because we're, 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 we're not trying to get blindsided. So I think, you know, a lot of us, you know, having that kind of military experience, you, you are you are looking, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 steps ahead. Right. We're, we're proactive and yeah. reactive. Well, knowing that, knowing that we've been we've been fucked before and I don't like that feeling. And so, you know, you, you get burned one, two, three times. It's like, yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shape my shit up, and and then I'm gonna start calling other people out, and everybody kind of grows from that. So, right. Um, but yeah, that was favorite provider, uh was yeah. was Bahrain and, and doing operations out of inherent resolve. So now yeah, bombs, moving bombs on baddies. Bombs on baddies. <laughs> so now moving. I, like it. I gotta get a cheers for <laughs> bombs on baddies. <laughs> cheers. cheers. So now moving out of what you did in the service. Um, I'm, I'm really curious how that served as a background for the creative role that you have now in video production and photography. Yeah. Um, did you think about that being your, your next step while you were in the Marine Corps or, or how did that kind of surface about and then for you making your transition? Yeah, um, so I think that was when I was on the, we were in Bahrain in 2015 Social media was like already ramping up. I think to Instagram. Oh, for sure. Instagram was like 2014. I think I got on Instagram, and everyone's already like, you know, that was on the on the small side. People are already like affected by this this program. Um, so 2015, YouTube is huge. You know, we have so much access just in general. And I and I and I saw. I, I've always, even when I was in boot camp, when I was in Pensacola, I was like. How do I make a passive income? Like, I, you know, I've always, I've always been like, yeah, I want, I want to make, I want to make a million dollars. I want to make, I'd love to make a billion dollars. Like, you know, put that into the universe and like, maybe, maybe that'll happen one day. Um, but, but I wanted, I wanted not so much. I don't care about the money. I care about being stress free. I, I don't want to, I don't want to have to make decisions based on my finances. And I think like I've been, I think we've all been there. We've all been like, hey. All right, I'm I'm at the bar, and do I get a DUI tonight, or do I do I spend two hundred and eighty dollars on an overpriced hotel? I'm gonna spend two hundred and eighty dollars on an hotel, cause who cares? I want to be in that point where it's like I can just you know y- you spend money knowing that like everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. I want to make that fuck off money, um, <laughs> and we're almost there. But uh, <laughs> nice, good, the, man. Uh, good. And oh, that yeah. and that's an a re- that's a relative thing too. Um, but but yeah. There's always a bigger yacht out there. I'm not. Yeah, I, I don't care about that. <laughs> just again, just just being in a place where I, I'm not I'm not worrying about. Hey, if I can treat my boys to a two hundred dollar bar tab, and I don't have to like feel bad about that. Like I, I want to be in that place. Yeah. Um. So that that was kind of that's always been my goal. So like, how do I how do I get to this goal? How do we reverse engineer kind of like finances to that? Um. And I was always like, all right, say I'm seeing trends. Everyone's on doing a blog post, and I was like. I started a I started a blog in real in uh, in Pensacola, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna create this thing called Reality Cure. It's the cure for reality. <laughs> and, and you know, it was like it was cheesy and it was fun. And I wrote like I think I wrote like 20 articles for it, and it was they were all terrible. Um, but that's is what it is. And and I think just just going down that rabbit hole of like trying to like self development and like trying to create this kind of like I'm gonna create a brand and make like all this passive income just experimenting so yeah i'm wondering though i mean because yeah. a lot of this stuff is subjective yeah and you you created this blog maybe to you even though you created it it was it was shit yeah but 
Did you have a following? Did you have people that, I, I didn't. that thought so it was I, amazing? I hadn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't pushed enough effort to it, and it was always in the back of my mind. But I, at the same time, and I, and I gave myself excuses, but I also was like, I'm working 16-hour days. And, and it was like, it was, it was my, that was my... I, Were you able to my, monetize it too? No, 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 no. Okay. I, so that was, uh, that was always my plan. And I was like, once I get out of the Marine Corps, I'm going to like focus on this. And that was like, I'm going to go to school, and this is going to be the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm writing the groundwork now while I'm in. Uh, I don't have like the time or money to like really execute on it, but once I get out, I'm gonna have that time. I'm gonna be going to school. Like this is gonna be my like the thing. Yeah. Um, and I think in doing that, I kind of like started setting the stage for what do I want to what do I want to do with the rest of my life? So what is this? What what what? How is how is reality care gonna get to the masses? It's gonna get to the masses through marketing. Okay. All right. Marketing is my word. What am I doing with marketing? And so when I got out of the military. Um, I don't want to like totally lose our train of thought, but uh, when I got in the military, I, I was going to school. My my goal was to be a creative marketer, so I wanted like I, I was already like kind of in a creative kind of mindset. I was like, hey, I, I see people, you know, branding. I see, yeah, I'm I'm a little more artistic. Um, I had I picked up a camera in Bahrain, and I and I liked I liked the feeling of, of photography. Um, I, I think, uh, and and this will be a subset into my story yesterday that you're talking about. Um, one of the things about photography that really drew me to it is when I take a picture of somebody and it's a really good picture, and, and same for me, if, I, if somebody takes a really nice picture of me, uh, you feel indebted to that person. It's like, hey, this is a beautiful fucking picture of me. Like, I love this picture. Like, this makes me feel something. And, yeah. and I think that uh, indebted might be a weird word, but, but there is. Like, there's a appreciation to that person. Like, thank you for taking me this picture, whether I paid you or, or not. Like, this this holds value to me this is my self-image and when i try to take a selfie like it doesn't look like that so so thank you for showing me the self-image that i see in the mirror yeah um, and i think that to me and just seeing people's like faces light up when i work with them it's like that's a that's a big that's a big thing uh and so that's that's what drew me to kind of like pursuing that and i started in bahrain i was like taking pictures and i wish i wish i started earlier because we got back from bahrain and i got out in like two three months afterwards but if I would have, you know, if I would have started photography, and it is what it is, but, like, I, I see some of these military photographers, and I get so jealous. Like, oh, you guys have the best subjects. Like, if I could shoot the F-18 right now, like, that would be awesome. I would love yeah. I would love to creatively shoot the F-18. I see these, like, combat camera guys just sucking at life. But uh, there's some, I think there's it's hilarious good, there's what you're mentioning ones. there. There's, there's some good ones. There, I'm not going to there, – there's some good combat cameras, but, like, yeah, they just they have such a plethora of like just amazing subjects. Just just the military like man woman itself. Like it's it's a cool subject to capture. Right. Um I wish I wish I would have known about Instagram like a few years before it, it was popular yeah. when I was still in the military and I was yeah. like, man, like I could have been making slow-mos yeah. or boomerangs or like cool <laughs> time lapses with my helicopter. Like you're absolutely right. There's yeah. so much that you're doing day to day, it's like how do you miss this content? You live, you lived a really cool fucking life. Yeah, yeah. But when, I think, when, I think, when you're actually doing the work, though, that's all you're focused on. Is yeah. You're doing the work, and well, that's and why I never knew about Instagram. And your brain, your brain was dead because you're mm-hmm. working 12, 16 hours a day. You're dealing with like idiot lance corporals that are getting DUIs. You're getting, you're dealing with idiot staff NCOs or gunnies that have no idea what the hell it is you're doing. You know, and so it's just on both ends of the spectrum, you know, as a, as a, as a competent Lance slash corporal sergeant, like you're just dealing with like idiots above and below you. Yeah. You're exhausted. I think physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, 
Yeah, and I mean, part part of why I, I chose and to, then OPSEC too. Yeah, 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 that too. Yeah, so so you could you could get your stuff, you could get permission, which was cool that that was even an option. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I got I, I chose to get out of the military because part of me saw that, hey, there's a lot of opportunity. I was also I, I joined when I was 20. I got out when I was 24. I realized like, hey, if I'm gonna go to school, I need to go to school now. If I don't go to school, I'm probably never gonna go. And so that was like kind of a worry. If I reenlist, I'm never gonna go to school. That's kind of like if I reenlist, I'm gonna do 20 years. Um, and I, maybe that's not the case, but I knew if I did eight years, I would be like, what's another 12? And 12 is a lot of years. But <laughs> um, so I, so I, that was my reason for getting out. Um, I used the GI Bill for about nine months. I had quickly gotten a job as a contractor doing what I did, which was an amazing opportunity with uh, PKL Services out of Miramar. Uh, wonderful workplace. Ding! Shout out to PKL Services. Yeah, thank you for supporting me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I worked with them, and then uh, I got an opportunity, and this is where it like just blast off. Um, I was I had a girlfriend for about two and a half, three years. We were just coming up on three years, and we're kind of getting rocky. And uh, is this the ex-wife girlfriend? No, no, that was uh, that was ex-wife's in the military. We'll leave that for another day. Um, but but yeah, so I broke I broke up with this this girlfriend and like pretty much there was like two weeks. So we we had had a dog, we had all this stuff, and uh, and so side note about the dog, or we'll come back to the dog. Um, the uh, we broke up two weeks later. I'm sitting in work. I'm sitting. I'm sitting in work, and I see Tank Machine. I don't know. Do you know? Tank yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I saw love the guy. Tank Machine posted in San Diego on uh, Sunset Cliffs. He's got this like arms open, like yo, what's up, San Diego? That's right. And I had commented on his post. I was like, hey, you ever need a marine photographer? Let me know. And I'm not a photographer. I had done one. <laughs> I had done one job for one of my ex girlfriend's friends, uh, Sydney Prather, who's a major San Diego photographer. If you need photos. Um, she had given me like one job to like shoot this hair salon down in ocean beach and a bunch of weirdo hair salon people that are super nice but it's ocean beach so you know it's hipsters it's ocean beach uh (laughs) that's all that needs to be said um but the uh, that was that was the only like professional job i had ever done i i shot my dog for the past like eight nine months with my camera <laughs> but, so, yeah that's and so he was he was my he was my little model subject i was going to school for marketing so i was using kind of like marketing concepts that i was learning to grow this like dog page and i grew this like dog account to like eight thousand followers and so oh. i was like i was like oh maybe like ah, fuck reality care we're just gonna create like a dog brand you're gonna make my money little doggo um <laughs> And so, like, it's kind of shitty, but it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, he taught me everything I knew about a camera, this little pup. And we broke up. She took the dog. And I'm mm. just, like, sitting in this house that I bought. And I'm just like, fuck. Mm. What do I do? Do I do I continue working this PKL job and just trying to crush school out? And I was, like, I was currently taking 12 credits. So I was making, like, contractor's money. I was making GI Bill money. Like, money was coming in. Life was good. But I was, I was balancing a lot of things. And... I reached out one night at work. It was like ten in the night, and uh, Tank Tank. I asked, "You ever need a photographer?" And he, he he's like within two to three minutes, he sends seven messages via video saying, "Bro, my photographer, videographer, he just quit on me. I need somebody. I'm at the Marine Corps ball tomorrow night. Can you shoot me tomorrow night at the Marine Corps ball?" Done. Of course. Didn't have a camera. Didn't have a camera that could shoot like an event photo, like venue, like that. I had a little <clears> bit of money. 
but I didn't have the money to buy like a professional camera. And I was planning on buying a professional camera later that year. But then I saw this opportunity. And I'm like, I need to act on this. This, yeah. this could be, this could be my kind of like entrance. And so I took out a loan for $5,000 that next morning with Navy federal, um, shout out to Navy fed for just amazingly low loans. Uh, <laughs> but I, I charged the batteries that morning. I had like watched a bunch of YouTube videos on like flash equipment. I had bought like everything I needed to pretty much dominate that set that night. I met him at like four o'clock in the afternoon. We shook hands. I was like, hey, Tank, how's it going? I'm a professional photographer. He, he had no idea. I, I, I didn't tell him until like maybe like three or four months after. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I did it. And, and I think too, I mean, we, we, we deal with these cameras that are like, you can put it on auto and it does pretty damn well. Like you just got to invest in the gear. And I think by doing that and, and knowing that like, hey, I, can, I, I have like a decent eye. I, I, I know it kind of looks good and whatnot. But I, I, w- I would say that night was very, uh, I, w- I, was, I was leaning heavily on the camera that provided me this career. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I also spent a pretty penny on this camera to like handle that shit. And it did perfectly. Um, and so Tank then opened, so I, I, I got done with the Marine Corps ball, amazing night, He's super awesome dude. Um, and we, I, I went home that night, didn't sleep. I just edited all his photos over the next like six to 10 hours. And that next morning, I, I sent him all the photos, and I was like, "Bro, thank you so That's much." So fast. Yeah. And it, well, part of that was probably not the best idea, but it was also like, "I'm lightning fast." <laughs> <laughs> and they, and they were okay. They weren't great, but they weren't they weren't terrible. And I'd sent them to him immediately, and, I, and he was like, "How much do I do I owe you?" And I was like, "No, nah, nothing, man. Like, just rub my back, you know, in the future." First one's free. And and then he just started putting me in contact with all these brands, and like, never enough tactical Patriot Alliance. Uh, and Patriot Alliance was who pretty much opened the door for me creatively. Um, I did a, I did like a kind of the test shoot for them, gave them a bunch of photos. They were like, dude, we love them. Would you want to come be like our creative director for a bit? And uh, so I was like, hey, I'm, I'm working this job. I make like pretty good money as a contractor. I, let me, I'd like to double tap until like for sure you guys can afford me. And like, I'm making really good money. I don't know if I want to like give that away yet yeah uh and then they came pretty close to my contracting pay and i went up to there and like kind of ran their their page their instagram their videos their photos did that for about six months um and then they realized that like hey maybe the full-time kind of positions isn't the right look let's let's go back to this kind of like part-time model and that was what we we both chose and i i personally kind of wanted that too because i was getting all these like freelance jobs so it kind of opened up my time and so six months later, August 2018, I like declared Demoli Designs was a thing. And uh, I went like full force into like, all right, freelance photographer. You know, and that, that was just photos at the time. Uh, and that's where I think I met you at uh, Clever Talks. Uh, I don't know if we met before that, but I, I, no, I think it was Clever Talks. I think yeah. Clever Talks was where I met most, most people, uh, which kudos to Chris and Hillary for bringing everybody together. But I don't know if other than that, that's probably it. Um, <laughs> The only kudos is bringing all of us to know each other. I wanna, I wanna say real quick, Aiden, that's a hell of a story. A lot of people, I think the, the, <laughs> last part the gap for them to jump and make that decision isn't as clear as it no. seemed like it was for you. Where it's like, hey, I have this opportunity. It's tomorrow. I'm gonna take out a bank tomorrow morning. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna take trust out a bank yourself. loan tomorrow morning yeah. to go ahead and do it. Trust yourself and trust your instinct. So, so I think. And, and this is this wasn't it wasn't an impulse decision by any means. I had I had 
I had gotten I got I, I was like I was getting like cold sweats that night because I was like is this it like it, well and, and also I, I just come out of this relationship and I think too like if you want to talk about like the universe being weird like all right hey this door just closed like it's done like it's it's done I've been in this kind of like vision quest the past two weeks of just like what the fuck am I doing with my life and then boom this happens and I knew I knew hey I want I want a skill that's not my job that I can rely on and what's 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 so perfect about this this skill is like hey I, my camera my equipment there's zero overhead so I like I have this thing that theoretically like prints money um, and that like I saw that I saw all these kind of like positives to this and I, and I knew I also want to like get into the kind of like social media scene and I see all these kind of like trends like influencers and all this stuff and like I didn't want to be that but I also like I could serve these people and I saw these veteran businesses they need content and so I was like I'm gonna do this in January let's speed it up a little bit I have this opportunity right now and, and tank tank really opened every single door that's that's been there and then Patriot Alliance kind of like gave me a little more credibility um, but the uh, but yeah, so and then and then come August, it's just been full force, just working with all these companies. Um, I, I've been I've been very blessed to have some amazing mentors. Uh, one of the San Diego mentors, Matt Lingo, he's an amazing uh, photographer, studio photographer, all things photography, video. He's he's excellent. Um, but he, I had reached out to him on Instagram um, while I was up in Orange County working for Patriot Alliance, and I was like, hey, I, I love your style. There's very few of us that are kind of like working in the gun industry uh and patron alliance is a very like pro-gun second amendment kind of like page and so we're like there's very few of us working in that space you know it's like you know a lot of photographers are like hey, it's family photos or senior portraits or like or cool like editorial stuff but like guns you, you <laughs> were already we in were, a niche i was like yeah of. i'm like shooting like photos of like you know like stabbing of nfl football because like fuck the nfl you know like I was creating content for this like very sub, like very small like two A community that was like buying our stuff, um, and so I, 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 part of me was like, oh shit, I'm like polarizing myself too much. I'm not going to be able to like make it in Hollywood or blah blah blah. Um, but I was also like, hey, I'm, I'm making money with my camera right now. Just keep going. And so I I'd reached out to Matt. Matt works with like all these like amazing companies, like gun companies um, and like apparel companies that are kind of in that two A space also. And, uh, and he kind of like just brought me in. Uh, he, he gave me a couple jobs. I had helped him out a couple times and, and he's just been, again, a credible, credible mentor. And, and really showing me that, that, that difference of like, all right, amateur, have no fucking clue what I'm doing to like, oh, so, so that's how you talk to a client. This is good. <laughs> okay. You know, and so he's just kind of like, just closing, closing a lot of like uh, loose ends that I was like confused about or, or, or whatnot. Um, and then, and, and again, and then with Bunker Labs um, coming into play, that's been amazing. Uh, for any of you that don't know, don't know Bunker Labs is a uh, nonprofit. They kind of help veteran entrepreneurs. I had done, uh, Raymond, the Marine rapper, had put me on as one of the photographers for a couple of their events, and I had kind of gotten in with their community for their first cohort. And then the second cohort came around, and I, like, applied, and they are like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Come on on you know, you're a veteran entrepreneur. And so I got to be a part of that for this past cohort, which is Brady's part of that. And um, all you guys are, are, are part of this. Um, and and so, and then just recently we had one of our city leaders leave, two of our city leaders leave, and I got selected to be the next Bunker Labs city leader in San Diego. So that's been really exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's just adding like one more thing to the plate, which uh, has been 
It's a big plate. It's stressful. <laughs> um, I want to, but before I yeah. we keep going, I wanted to touch on something you said. Yeah. Um, you you found it that through your work, through what you're able to produce, you were able to serve the veteran community. Yes. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to some folks that have been supporting us and making sure that we're able to serve the veteran community yeah. uh, because they chose to serve our organization. So real quick, a shout out to Big Block Realty. They have been supporting us for about two, three consecutive months now, uh, helping us with our campout costs, everything from gas to food to little items that we need during our campout. So big thank you to Big Block Realty for supporting us there. Axe Ventures, that's Axe Ventures Oceanside, Axe Ventures Berkeley, and Axe Ventures on 30th Street in North Park. Shout out to them for being able to provide the firewood that we use at all our campouts and making sure that our veterans stay warm. And they now have a trailer that they're bringing. Yeah, they, they recently took that off. Devin uh, devised a way to have a axe trailer with three lanes. Uh, they were recently debuting it at Bonsai, Bonsai Bar uh, a few weekends ago by the time this is live and you hear this. Um, so if you want a fun party idea, go ahead and hit them up and see about renting out their trailer. And is it true that uh, Wu-Tang Clan was there? <laughs> yeah, apparently one of their, uh, they were able to get one of their rappers to, uh, to throw some axes. I thought that was Crazy. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, a few more shout-outs. Uh, Lamb of God Food Ministries. Uh, these are amazing people, amazing organization. It's led by Dr. Foley Parker, who was recently on our podcast. Uh, they have contracts with a lot of the commissaries and a lot of the food distributing companies throughout San Diego where they're able to take on donations and hold on to them to then distribute to families, uh, the needy, uh, active Thousands duty. Thousands of families. Any, anybody that kind of needs a meal, hit up Lamb of God uh, Ministries because they've been helping us out and I'm sure they can help you out. Um, the last two, uh, Tip of the Spear Realty. Big shout out to Brian Britton. He's one of the... Uh, staff members here at the American Legion Post 364 and Santee Post 4. No, it's the VFW uh, Post 9327. I'm sorry. Uh, and then the last shout out to Hellhound Gear, uh, led by Matt Foster up in Oceanside. Uh, they've donated a vehicle to us. We've had Private Bucky gladly running around in our stable, uh, picking up our, our vets, taking them out to campouts. So thank you to Hellhound Gear for, for supporting us and letting us do more with our campouts. Um, now back to serving the veteran community. Uh, back to you, Aiden. Oh, just the, what are we talking about? The people that I've worked with? Or? Um, so, so no, after, after that quick little segue in talking about serving the veteran community, one thing that you mentioned earlier that resonated a lot with me because I was, uh, I'm a part I consider of, of what you just described is being able to capture people's self-image. Um, so for the for those in the audience, Aiden was at the San Diego Mac and Cheese Festival last year uh, and he took a few pictures. He took a lot of pictures. Um, one, one of the awesome pictures that he took was of me and it, it describes the way I look at that picture and the way I feel describes I think to a T what you were saying. It's it's taking a picture of somebody and capturing them, how they think they look, how they think they feel, how they they believe they are at their awesomeness, like how, how they are operating. Um, and you captured a few pictures of me that do that. So first of all, thank you for, for having the outside insight. I think anybody that goes into an event, a festival, somebody's wedding, somebody's birthday party, whatever it is, and is able to detach from, oh, this might look cool, this might look cool, to actually thinking, what does that person want to see later on down the road? 
that's that's quite a skill set to kind of pick that out and deliver that to people. Um, not to get too controversial on it now, but I wanted to talk about something that you mentioned in a in a recent Instagram rant, um, where I thought it was kind of two counter opposing thoughts, but I, I hope you can shed some light on it. So. Yeah. On one side, we have what you just did, where you're able to capture people's self-image um, and, and make them feel the way they think they look. Um, on the other side, we have a community that is trying to, and, and I'm, I'm going to use your own words here in a sense, um, fake it until they make it. Yeah. Um, now, the reason why I wanted to have this, con- this conversation is because I think photos, photography is able to facilitate that. They... Sure. A picture is able to create an emotion, to create an image, and an aesthetic that maybe people aren't fully on a part of. But hey, for that for that snapshot, they were. So where do you kind of draw the line with being able to provide that for people, and then at the same time knowing that you're you're feeding into something that is not yet palpable to them, but it's something that they're achieving or trying to strive to get. Um, so for just to give kind of like an off-band example, if, if that was too much talking. No, no. Um, for example, if I was not yet an athlete, but I wanted to grab a picture to, to put on my Facebook profile that Swole. makes me look like a Swole. hella good athlete. Swole Daddy Juan. Swole Daddy Juan, yeah. <laughs> so, so what would you do for something like that? What would you tell somebody that isn't yet an athlete but says, hey, I want you to make me look like the next Sports Illustrated cover athlete? How much? What's your budget? <laughs> uh, so, so there's a couple questions there, um, and, and I want to start with one. And this is this is this is start this is one one takeaway. Um, working with clients, and I think this is really important. Anybody that you work with, and, and like you said, like this might this might sound cool, um, or th- this might look cool. Sorry, um, gathering my thoughts. Here we go. No, no, no. You had made you made the statement working at a wedding, this is where, uh, hey, this might look cool, but I need to focus on what they want. Uh-huh. What, what, what would make them feel really happy? Mm-hmm. And as, as a business owner, being picked by other people to like provide them value, of my, my personal value, I need to make sure that what it is I'm delivering them is either going to make them money in a business sense or in a future sense. Like, hey, this is going to bring value to them for more, more time. I work more in a commercial space, so not so much weddings. Um, whereas... I, I need to make sure that hey the the content that I make and the the stuff that I make is going to serve my constituents. It's going to make them more money, and so I think that's that that that's kind of preface that kind of prefaces um, that prefaces the idea that like the stuff that I'm making for other people is going to continue to serve them for for hopefully years to come. I made a story yesterday. Uh, the first story, uh, which you can see on Aiden Demolly, I'm going to create a highlight, uh, A-I-D-A-N-D-E-M-O-L-L-I, just search that on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to create a highlight that you can follow the story if it, if it goes away. Uh, I started this story with a picture. It's a picture of this girl, and she's got, it's all fake, like written all over her face. And the caption of this story is saying that, like, we live in this world where everyone's faking until you make it, nothing's real, everything's, everything's fucked, everything's fake we need authenticity we need vulnerability we need we need people to be real with themselves and and i agree with that 100 percent. there we do live in a fake world uh we do live in this 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 world where we're, we're working we're, we're doing things to impress others not to impress ourselves and i think that's that's where my disagreement comes into play is i 100 percent agree that we shouldn't be doing this for others who gives a shit about others work about it should be 
uh, let's preface that <laughs> not not who gives a shit about others but at the end of the day your self-care your self your self-development your self-image is important and i want that to be the focus um in in this in this discussion that's that's primarily what i'm talking about and so the idea that i had um and and part of the part of the reason that i have a job is i take pictures of people and i make them look really good hey you have a pimple on your face i can take care of that you know you have an insecurity i can pull that in all right hey i have some side handles right now i'm gonna i'm gonna tighten them in a little bit you know and it's very subtle changes that if i showed you two three four pictures you wouldn't even know that i did them but but it's just like oh, that's how i look when yeah. you see the final product yeah, and then it's you more see agreeable. and you see the original and it's like holy shit his eye bags are like terrible and like this <laughs> and this and this so there's so, so there's certain things as a photographer it's like it's kind of there's a limit like i'm not going to remove somebody's mole i'm not going to remove like physical like parts of their body but if it's like Hey, this wrinkle's like a little, little rough. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna little wipe that away, yeah. you know. And I have the tools and powers to do that. So I'm, I, I want to present, I want to present you in your best light. And that, and that's, that's what I, as a photographer, videographer, I'm, I'm showcasing you as like as an event planner. I wanted to show you running this event with a microphone. You know, you're, you're crushing this whole, this whole set. And, and anybody, like I, I think one of the things, one of my, one of my, how I got started was personal brands, and I was working with people, and I was like, hey, what, what is it that you do? Oh, you're a you're a shooter. All right, let's go let's go shoot some guns. I'm gonna take some dope photos of you shooting guns. Um, or like you're a woodworker. Let's go take some pictures of you woodworking. Like, let me show you in your best light. Doing it is what you do. And so I think the idea of like making life seem a little better is controversial in a way. Like, uh, don't alter it. I'm like, oh fuck that. I want to make I want to make this look amazing. You're gonna look back at this in five years and like. Who cares if there was a couple like changes? You're gonna look back at that in five years, and you're gonna look at that picture, and it's gonna bring you an immense amount of happiness because, like, fuck, I look great. That was a good time in my life. And, right. and 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 I think, and this is where this is where I got really invested in photography, is I saw that just looking at back at my old photos, I have like there's a couple pictures of me and my brother uh, when he was like six, seven years old, and I given him like a NOS can. I was like, bro take this uh it's on it's like one of the last photos on my instagram and and one of my favorite photos and i was like give me a crazy face and i this was on my phone i like not a photographer and i like took a picture and he's got this nos and it was already i drank it all it wasn't him but he's like the six-year-old just like wired like wired face (laughs) and i was like one of my favorite photos and i like i remember i me and him we it was i i had just gotten out of boot camp and i was like hey i just want a day with my brother we're gonna go do this like 12 mile hike and just me and him and like spend some time and i'm gonna like be with my brother and that was like just from that photo i remember that day i remember that hey snow had started happening on the mountain like there was all these memories that come back just from seeing that photo so i was like holy shit this is this is powerful stuff you know and so the the idea that like photos bring back memories memories bring back happiness and right now we're dealing in this mental health crisis where everyone's fucking whether they're depressed whether they're upset hey i'm dealing with some shit hey my fucking wife's a bitch or my fucking husband's an asshole you know like all these all these issues of of things that we're dealing with other people we're dealing with all these things that are like bad where, where do i find my happiness do i find it in my hobbies do i find it in my my do i find it in alcohol do i find it in drugs do i find it in in sports do i find it in weightlifting do it where, where am i finding my relief and and at the end of the day we, we're, we're all searching for relief i find my relief through photography from creating from being with good people, drinking with good people, uh, not abusively, but with good people. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy that immensely. Uh, and, and so, and, and I also 
from my memories. I, I think we're, we're reminiscing to a degree about our military careers and, 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 the, and the good times we had. And, and there's nothing to take away from that. And I think, I think there's, there's power in like, hey, that was a fun moment in my life. And that was some good times, right, bro? As we as we fist bump and are like, <laughs> Thailand, you know. <laughs> and and it's like, and, and me and my buddy, like, we'll joke about it. It's like, I, and I, I work with a couple guys that were from that from that story, and and uh, you know, we, we laugh about it, and it would it would bring us happiness. And I, and I think, and we only had like one or two pictures from that entire like month and a half, but those pictures, man, like, yeah, it brings us back. Yeah. And, and so I think having knowing that memory can bring us immense happiness. It, it is a uh, in, in my story. I, I made the I made the I, I posted this kind of this this uh, document about like research studies and how memory is. Can like I can I go ahead and read that excerpt because it was yeah. pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's uh, I'll let you know which part was highlighted, but our research suggests that nostalgia is largely largely psychologically positive, says Professor Clay Rutledge of North Dakota State University. Reflecting on our memories can allay anxiety or produce feelings of contentment. Rutledge even discovered that indulging in nostalgic thoughts, and here's the parts that's highlighted, uh, indulging in nostalgic thoughts could stave off thoughts about death. Nostalgia could be the great undiscovered asset in our emotional armory. Yes. So so they used armory, which I think is like, <laughs> I would use, right I would into use, it. I would use I would use toolbox, and I, and I think like like I said with diet, like we have we have different hacks, we have different tools to to handle like our diet toolbox. We have like this emotional toolbox too, and it's like what are what are some of the things that I use to like get me out of a dark place? Like hey, I, I I'm actually just going through like a breakup recently this past like week and a half, and I'm like eh, it is what it is, but at the same time like, all right, hey, there, I've been through this before. I know how this feels. It's not the end of the world. I have so much opportunity coming from me. How do I draw in on these kind of like emotional like assets that I have available to me? Hey, I'm looking at past relationships. It was good. Not all of it was bad. All right, let's move forward. Let's find something we know we know what's what's bad and what's good. Let's move forward. And and I think knowing taking from the past, you know, we, we learn so much from the past and, and, and I think we can reminisce. I, I don't think we should live in the past and and that's not what I was putting in that story, but I think we should take away like hey the highlights and and also create create memories that really like make us feel good about our past because uh, at the end of the day i mean we we don't know what we had for breakfast like two days ago i, I couldn't tell you i'll be honest um but five you years you don't i do <laughs> yeah <laughs> jimmy dean sandwiches or what hey. <laughs> it was a good breakfast that, that smell <laughs> that chorizo like burns in your nostrils <laughs> I, I can't forget it yeah. um but 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 yeah, I mean, so so the idea of five years ago, we, we we remember like major kind of points in our life, and I think seeing a picture really does bring things back. So I I would want you know for me looking back two three years from now, I, I want to see me in my best light, and and if that means I've altered, and I'm not saying like yo give me like six pack abs, uh, uh, a dark tan, uh, yo bring the traps out like a lot like you haven't you know, tried that though I, I've done a couple funny pictures <laughs> but but, uh, but that's it's comical and that yeah. would also bring me happiness so maybe I'll do that um, but the but the idea like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take out some of the some of my insecurities and others insecurities I'm gonna make them look the best that they possibly can knowing that hey I want your life to look great I want within reason. I, Within reason, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you look at some of these Photoshop, like, Instagram models, and they're, like, the door behind them is, like, completely warped into the inside <laughs> when they, like, brought their, like, size, like, seven waist into a size, like, negative four. Um, 
but yeah so again within within reason we're talking we're talking not taking advantage uh but, but i think more important like uh, i personally i don't give a shit like take it all the way in it doesn't matter understand that everything is fake and you're not doing it for other people and i think that's really the key the key here is you're not doing it for others you're doing it for yourself you're doing it so you can create this life you know at the end of the day hey maybe this wasn't the best time of your life but like there were some good moments take part in those good moments and then come five years from now when you're in this dark kind of place you like draw back on like all this like power from like your past like hey my life's not that bad everything's everything's not as bad as it seems i have all these moments that i can really draw like kind of strength from and and i think like if everything just looked shitty from the get-go it's like oh man maybe my life is shit you know and so it's like it's almost like a compounding effect of like you know it's not there's a difference between faking till you make it like don't be in my story i'm I'm pretty facetious and a couple points i I think uh i was like don't let them don't let them fake shame you into being vulnerable um which is insane and it's an insane comment but uh the idea that like you know this is for you it's not for others the world is very fake right now we're showing you what you want to see uh marketing is showing exactly what we want you to see uh, and, and, and that's how we're selling product at like a mass rate. Um, and, and so don't take it as seriously as you're taking it. Understand that likes are probably being bought. There's, you know, there, the, everything that you see visually is, is probably not real. You're not doing it for other people. Stop trying to like impress other people. No one gives a fuck. Uh, you know, you're in the line of Chipotle and you feel like you look dumb and somebody's like, like, oh dude, look at that idiot. Like standing in line in Chipotle. Nobody's thinking that. Everyone's worrying about themselves. So worry about yourself, make your life great 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 memories and then have those memories to serve you for the rest of your life so that's i, I hope that's for anybody way. that's I'm, I'm really glad that we had that conversation because i hope for anybody that's at home that's uh insecure or that is doubting themselves or is walking that line thinking i look like shit or i i look stupid doing this or this is stupid like no, you just kind of laid it out. It's for you. If you yeah. feel good doing it, who gives a shit? What I'm, other I'm gonna people? Get, I'm gonna get comments. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, you look like an idiot yesterday. <laughs> you shouldn't have worn that. But yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> the, the way you laid it out. It's ultimately it's people shouldn't care about. Uh, and we've known yeah. this all along. It's just you reiterating it in a different way. You shouldn't care what other people think. It's ultimately you. You are the one that's gonna have to walk around with this image, this self image of yourself, whether real or fake, whatever it is that you want to portray you have to be happy with that image. So if you hire a photographer to do that for you, to get you to that image, and that makes a difference in your life and makes you feel happier, then, then do it. Your, your mental health kind of depends on it and wants you to do it. So I have, I have a social experiment that I'm, I'm curious if you guys are going to pass or fail. I, I hope you fail. Um, <laughs> I, this is, is kind of like a passion project I've been working on for the past like four years, and I'm, it's a series of letters that I'm writing. Can the uh, listeners take part in somehow? I'm curious. Pos- I like these social yeah, experiments. Pos- possibly. Um, do you know the name of your great grandfather? Yes. Great great grandfather? No. No. What is that? Two generations? Correct. Two generations, and you don't know his name. You don't, like? Do you know what he did? No. Uh, I know I mean, that he was a great, farmer. So your grandfather—that's that's two generations away. So your granddad, his dad. Yeah, I know my great grandfather. Your, okay. So your dad's your your granddad's dad. You know his name, right? You do know his name. Yeah, I don't know my granddad's name, dad's name, um, but so like, okay, so that's two generations. So three generations. What is that? One hundred and twenty-three years or one hundred and thirty years? Figure roughly. No one knows. No one cares. 
and that shouldn't be I don't think that they don't care it's not that they don't care but it's not it's not a concern you're not thinking about like oh what did what did Phil do what what it feels like that's not that's not a concern and I think that that should be a freeing principle yeah. for most people in saying that like hey I have a finite time on this planet I have a finite period of time people are probably going to remember me 20 to 30 years from now unless I make like a major impact but hey maybe that's an incentive to make a major impact if you that narcissistic that you need to make an impact for that long uh <laughs> but uh no but but the idea that that should be a freeing principle in knowing that like people are invested in themselves and that's okay invest in yourself be the best that you can be make your life happy don't really like focus on what other people are thinking uh and, and again i deal with this we all deal we all deal with self-doubt we all deal with self-image we all deal with uh just being self-conscious to a degree but i think that level of self-conscious uh to the point where hey maybe this is like crippling uh, anxiety, you know, this self-conscious that's like stopping me from doing things that I want to do in my life. Uh, I think that's that's where that's the principle for me. That it's like, hey, this isn't as important as I'm making it out to be. Yeah, and I, and I want to I want to touch on that too. I think, I mean, I don't know everyone. Of course, I don't know everyone's great grandfather and great great grandfather. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I think the last couple hundred years. We've, we've been slacking and of course now we're slacking too but maybe we're picking up slack a little bit because we're getting our names out there but the reason so for instance the reason I know my great grandfather's name and great great grandfather's name is because it was written down his story is written down in a book Hell yeah. Philip Shermer's Odyssey nice. that's how I know my great great grandfather's name because it's written down that's badass it's Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Odyssey. And, 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 so, and it was so given to take, us. The takeaway for me for this is hero, write hero more of books, his, folks. Hero of his own story. That's awesome. Like, yeah. to a degree. Did so he write, self-published or no? My great-grandmother wrote it. published it. Okay. Yeah, cool. Wrote it and, and published it. That's, that's a hell of a way to, like, preserve. Like, there's family yeah. trees, but a book? Like, that's, that's cool. Right. And, that's very and cool. when right. my great-grandmother right. died, only two people got copies of that book. And I was one of them, and, nice. and I and I cherish that, and and I. So I would say I, you're I get unique. more people. I get. I think more people should write their stories or have their stories heard, like we're doing now. Yep. Or hire photographers to capture those stories. That is true as well. Get a, get That's a where ghost, I was getting get a in ghost there. Ghostwriter to write your story. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got a thing against ghostwriters. Um. No, that, that, that's, that's super cool. I would say that's a unique case. I, I think a lot of people don't know. I, I've asked a lot of people this question. Well, I know. And, I, they, and they don't. But yeah, that's like, don't. all right, damn it, Nate. All right, that's cool. But no, that's no, no, true. No, it's true. They the don't reason, know because which, which amazing, they didn't write amazing. the stories. Well, they and, didn't. Well, and I think, too, what, what you said before that and the idea, like, hey, right now we are very connected. You know, it's like I know what's going on on the East Coast as I'm what's going on in Japan, what's going on. Like, we're, we're so connected right now to a degree where it's almost harmful we're so connected. Um, but but yeah, I think uh, I, I'd be curious. Are we going to know our great grandfather sixty, seventy years from now? And I th- that's you know, there's, there's always a solution, just like you were saying before. You know, you find a problem, you get the solution. Um, someone told me, you know, it's great to have Facebook, it's great to have Instagram, but don't have all these people on there that you don't know. So I try to get rid of people on Instagram and Facebook that I don't know. And then the people that are on there, I do know them. I do know their story, and I want to be connected. 
Yeah. You know, and, and there's there's that tie. Before we, uh, we close out the episode and, and talk about some of the things that you're doing now, um, I wanted to ask a quick, uh, quick little fun fact session if you can help out some of our audience members so they can have, have some immediate takeaway. Yeah. Um, as a photographer, you've been doing this a while now. Uh, what are some quick tips that you would recommend for anybody that is a iPhone photographer? iPhone photographer. So, I mean, pretty much basic photography roles, and, and I, I need to use my phone more, and I, and I think I... I'm almost crippling myself and not using my phone more. You have this amazing piece of technology that can take like, get pretty close, 75% to what I'm creating with my, you know, two to $4,000 camera. So, and you have this in the pocket of your, 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 your it's in your pocket. Uh, so there's rule of thirds, and that's pretty much like creating like three lines in your, in your kind of frame. And it's just putting, uh, just Google rule of thirds to, it'll give you an idea, but it's pretty much creating this tic-tac-toe box in your camera. Right, and you're placing people in parts of that camera, uh, parts of that frame, and what that does is just creates more interesting kind of images. Um, one thing to look for uh, that Sydney Prather's helped me; she's one of my mentors. Uh, is look at your surroundings. So, like, what am I? Where am I at? Is there shadows? Is there uh, absorbing amounts of light? Is uh, what's my subject? Is a is it an animal? Is it a person? Is it this beer that I'm drinking right now? This tasty, tasty Heineken. Um, you know, so how, how, how can I shoot this creatively? There's all these avenues. Do I want to get up close? Do I want to go further away? Do I want to go really wide with it? You know, there's wide lenses. Um, uh, as far as the phone though, like, you know, you can change up a lot of these things. You know, uh, a lot of us shoot now, uh, the phones now have these like portrait modes, you know, get creative with portrait mode, get creative without portrait mode, uh, put things in the foreground. So put things in front of your subject, uh, and shoot with it, like, showing but you're focused on the subject and you have this thing like kind of in the foreground that makes an image look really cool so i think the the key here is just to really experiment and i think if anybody tells you like oh i know exactly what i'm going into in a photo shoot i might have a couple i might have like five to 15 images that i want to create but i would say like 75 percent of the images i create in a photo shoot i'm like doing that kind of creative kind of test when i get to a location or i get to a a situation or I get to my subject like hey, I might not have seen my subject before and I'm like oh wow that's a weird thing on the side of your face and, well let's we're only gonna shoot this side and we're gonna make some really good photos <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that hasn't been that's actually not a case that's actually super shitty I shouldn't have said that um, but 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 yeah the, the idea that you're you're dealing you're 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 being very adaptable um, to your surroundings and you're using the tools that you have available uh, one of the cool things with a phone uh, if you have another person's phone just using a screen in front of the lens can make like a really cool effect. Putting different uh, shoot like through a glass or like right next to a glass can give this like really cool dreamy effect. Um, maybe I'll do a tutorial on some like fun photo hacks that I've done. Just with, so with j- just to synthesize that a little bit for our audience members. Uh, one, what I got out of it is rules of threes. Just look that up. That that will attest to has helped me out a little bit in some of the photography that I've done. A second one, experiment with your phone, with your surroundings. Be mindful and kind of look around where you are at and see what you can extract from your scenery to add those to your photography. Uh, And then the third one that I kind of got from it, you have a hell of a camera in your pocket at all times. So play around with it. Play around with the settings and and see what you can do. It's it's one of those things, too, where all of us aren't good when we first started we talked about that blog post and like I, I, I never finished it and it, it wasn't good and, and I, I only did it for maybe like a period of like m- month to two months and I think like this podcast you said when it first started 
granted, you had like an audio engineer that was like amazing. Uh, there was there was a hiccups in the beginning of, of anything, and I think if you just continue to like hook and jab and hook and jab, you're gonna find that your skills like level up so fast and so like exponentially. Uh, you just have to give yourself the time. You have to like know, and and I think one of the things, um, uh, great one of my great uh, one of my favorite writers is Seth Godin, and he talks about this thing called the dip, and that a lot of people don't get through the dip of learning something new. So it's like, hey, I want to learn podcasting. I gotta learn sound. I gotta learn mixing. I gotta learn. Uh, I, I gotta learn equalization. I gotta learn all these kind of facets and and like recording equipment. And I gotta just all these different things. I'm overwhelmed for a short period of time until it, now it's second nature. Nate here is just setting this up. He's like, I know exactly what I'm gonna do, you know. And so it's to this point where it doesn't just happen overnight. You know, there's there's a lot of kind of like struggle that goes into that, and just realize that hey, the dip's part of this learning process whether you make it through it fast or slow, you know, just know that the dip is temporary and that on the other side of the dip is knowing shit on the back of your hand and making a lot of money doing the stuff that you love. And another dip. <laughs> All the dips. Yeah. I dip, you dip, we dip. And then to to cover kind of the, the present and the future, you mentioned on some of these things before, but... Um, you took up City Lead for Bunker Labs. Yes. Um, you've been doing a lot of work for Vet TV and Irreverent Warriors. Yes. Um, paint us the picture a little bit of now and future. What do you have going on that you're looking forward to? So, super exciting. Um, I just finished a pilot episode for a comedy show that we're going to be premiering and pitching as a series of anywhere from 6 to 12 episodes, possibly even more with Vet TV. Um, and so I'm trying to create right now I'm, I'm doing more smaller jobs i'm doing like brand films i'm doing you know photo shoots for for businesses or families or whatnot and so i'm trying to differentiate myself into a more producer director role and knowing that i can take a project from zero to 100 i can go like hey i can go from creative vision to i have all my gear i have i can theoretically i could handle video audio i could do the whole thing uh, I, I would probably try to hire an audio engineer because that's one of my that's one of the dips I'm going through right now. Um, but the the idea that, I, you know, I can kind of create this. So I'm kind of create a, I'm kind of creating my own resume in a sense. I want to, I want to be able to say that, hey, I'm a director on a, on a decent sized series. I've created six 30 minute episodes that are entertaining to watch. I'd love to pitch you something else. And so this is where it kind of like, by creating your own resume, you're you're putting yourself into a bigger room uh like with you as an event planner one like hey i'm the mac and cheese daddy i'm the mac daddy i i know mac and cheese i know events i run this how many people were at the mac and cheese it was like uh last one was 2300 2000 fucking people that's a lot of people oh, don't yeah. like don't discredit that for any bit like that's no. that's like uh, i get stressed out with the little bunker lab thing we did it was just like what like 35 40 people and that was like, fun though was there's fun. like two thousand people that are like relying on Juan to like know that this event is gonna like fly so i i think you know at the same time like that is as a resume alone like these are these are like major accomplishments and i think for anybody trying to get in the door with somebody bigger you know maybe you don't have to wait for that opportunity to present itself you create that opportunity for yourself you create the material especially in, in a creative career i think uh right now everyone's dealing with a lot of like college debt college ever you have to go to college you have to get a degree no one's going to take you seriously if you're a doctor lawyer engineer medical professional yes you have to go to college but if you're a creative professional in any sense whether that's creative writing creative 
photography, videography, uh, copywriting, sales, like you don't have to go to school for these, these assets and you can create the, the path to, to putting yourself in the door for these companies to be like, yo, we want you on our team. And I think that's what I've done through working with all these companies is I've kind of like just continued to create this resume of like, this is what I'm capable of doing. And I just continue to try to level up my access by showing them, hey, this was where I started. I'm here now and this looks pretty cool. You want a piece of it? <laughs> you know, this is what I'm capable of. And I, I think that's that's where, you know, it's just this constant level up. That was, oh, I think yeah. that was a hell of a golden grenade for, for the audience. Create your own resume. And, and that goes beyond the like, hey, go on Word and try to hash that shit out. Like, no, look at what it is that you are doing right now in life or what you have done and, and extrapolate from that because it's, it's a lot. Like with you, how, how you were just saying where you're able to take on a project and do just about everything from it, that in and that's like yeah. that is a resume that is saying hey i can produce i can edit i can film i can direct like i can do it for that's... a lower cost <laughs> <laughs> I, I can do it for a lower yeah. cost um well and i think create your own resume but it, it, this comes back and, and again like i, I think what well, I, I would say man shit but it's you know it's just it's just a good opportunity like it's a good skill to i wouldn't say skill uh, i would say this is a personality and a lot of a lot of my friends have it uh, it's it's self-reliance. It's knowing that uh, 30 seconds out, uh, I love working with this brand, they have a sticker called No One's Coming, It's Up to Us. And I think there's something yeah. really, there's really something special about the idea that like, no one's coming to save you. It's up to us. What are you going to do? How are you going to survive? Like, hey, you don't have an income coming in in the next two weeks. What are you going to do? I'm going to be creative, you know, and, and that's the reality. That's the reality. Hopefully you don't do anything like illegally creative, but, uh, but like y- you become very resourceful being put into kind of constrictions. And I think there's something to be said about like, Hey, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to, I'm going to find a way, you know, whether I, Hey, if, if the job sucks, that sucks, but it's, it's temporary and, and we're going to continue to level back up. If we hit a, if we hit a kind of a subsidiary where it's like, you know, things aren't going so great. We're gonna we're gonna draw strength from our photoshopped images back that Aiden did for us about five years ago. We're gonna draw strength from that, and then we're gonna like come back and we're gonna crush it out again. So it's it's just one of those things where I I think you you really just foster this self reliance on yourself and 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 you can rely on others, you know, create your team and whatnot. But but it really should come from know, know that you give the energy to start. Yeah. Um, Aiden, is there anybody? Is there anybody that you want to shout out, highlight, give a thank you to for, for getting you to where you are now or just somebody that you might want to recognize from uh, when you were in? or Yeah, uh, four people. So my dad for being a Jedi warrior uh, and raising me. He was a fucking asshole and made <laughs> me jump through so many hoops. And uh, for anybody trying to raise kids right now, writing sentences is still a very uh, effective way to mind control your children. Uh, I, think I, I think I wrote, I must listen and do as I am told roughly 12,000 times. Um, wow. And you get to a point where you just write so many sentences that you, uh, you're you like, fuck it, I'm going to listen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was writing with like six pens in one hand, like I must listen and do as I am told. And, and it, was, it was the same sentence. And, and it was like, he's, I, I appreciate my dad's uh, resilience and, and just knowing that like he had no fucking clue what he was doing. And, and we've talked about it now. And it's like, I appreciate you like just sticking through that and just hold a lot of parents aren't accountable with their with their children I think that's one of the things that I loved about my dad is like his foot stayed 
very far up my ass. <laughs> um, so for him, for sure, uh, I love, and, and that's my stepdad too, which I think is another just testament that like, he, again, I, I love, my, love, my, love my dad. Um, second person would be Tank Machine for opening all these fucking doors. Uh, a lot of things happen very quickly. Um, and then all the companies that have worked with me over the past you know, year and a half that have you know, provided me a freelance kind of life, which has been really, really a blessing. Uh, knowing that you know you're not really stuck to you know this nine to five, which is good. And then oh. was there a, was there a fourth? That was your dad, Tank Machine, Tank, all the companies, uh, all, all the companies, and then a last one, hmm. uh, maybe a photographer that's inspired you or, or showed you a lot of what you can do. Yeah, uh, so two two photographers, um, Sydney Prather is who pretty much got me got me into it. Uh, so that was ex girlfriend's friend. And she really like created, she was a professional photographer when I was like very just interested and I had bought like the, the amateur $400 camera and I like have no fucking clue what ISO or aperture or shutter speed or any of the photography terms were. And, and Sydney like didn't take it upon herself, but I, I, I was always picking her brain and annoying her. And she was, she was uh, nice enough to, to teach me uh, kind of the basics. And then Matt Lingo. Uh, both of them are San Diego photographers. So uh, Matt Lingo is a very uh, accomplished studio photographer working for Red Bull and just major companies. Uh, Sydney's big editorial. You've probably seen her billboards. Uh, they did a recent Boot World campaign. Uh, you've seen build, uh, Boot World billboards. It's probably her photos. Um, but she's an amazing editorial photographer. Uh, and, and both of them have just been uh, paramount in my development and, and i think too it's, it's there's something to be said about having people to really like bring you to the front of the line uh quickly um you know it's it, we can pull our hair out to a degree uh what i have left um <laughs> self-depreciating humor uh the uh, but to to really like just give you access to their skills their knowledge and and and, and i think there's something to be said about mentorship uh, you know and we're, we're familiar with that in the marine corps and the military um, but you know, hey, if you see somebody that's that's very interested, that's that's you know they're they're invested, uh, give pay, uh, give give them a chance, and I think you know pass on your information. I don't think the pie the pie's so big, and I think this is what a lot of people get lost is like I'm worried about if I if I give all my information, the pie, they're going to take my piece of the pie. The pie's huge, all right. And and I think True. the more the more we give, the more we get. I think the more we uh, you know, give our value to the world, you know, it, part of, part of us giving value to the world gives us purpose. And I think, you know, being able to share, like just talking on, on this podcast, I mean, this has brought me feeling good. It's made me think about some things that I'm probably haven't thought about in a while. Um, but hopefully people, hopefully there's one or two listeners that are like, Oh, fuck yeah, that was good. That's, that's uh, my small goal. If, if you yeah, are able it, to do what you do with photography and yeah. make people see themselves in, in a light, that's holy shit. I'm awesome. I, I am yeah. happy uh, and I've told this to Nate many times. Uh, I'm happy when I'm able to have somebody tell a story that reminds them of something that they haven't thought about in a while or just makes them feel a certain way. Yeah. Um, lastly, how can people get a hold of you? So you can't. I'm too busy. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So you can follow they me. They can find him at Bunker Labs, first you of can, all. You can follow me at Aiden Damoli on Instagram. That's where I do primarily my postings. I haven't been on Facebook because we live on the West Coast and Facebook is dead. Uh, to a degree, um, but the the idea that uh, yeah, so not I, no idea. I, I love uh, that distinction. In, West Coast, East Coast for Facebook. Well, it's it, it's actually really interesting. East Coast still big on Facebook. Mid uh, Midwest, Facebook's is huge. 
it's like not a thing here. West Coast, yeah, it's more Instagram visual. Yeah, it's, it's very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're absolutely trendy, right. Trendy Instagrammers. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram at Aiden Damoli, A I D A N D E M O L L I. I post all of my pictures there, uh, and and I try to keep my stories relatively interesting. Your website too? Uh, yes. Uh, so you can find it via Instagram, but also www.demolidesigns.com. Uh, I have a fun little camera logo that is two Ds backwards. So most of you don't actually realize that, and uh, and you're like, I brain dumped that on people, and they're like, oh. So <laughs> appreciate my logo a little more now. <laughs> um, there took time to that. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, on, on, the, on, on the web and, and Instagram. But if you want to kind of follow the day-to-day adventures of a photographer in San Diego working with veteran, cool, cool, cool veteran companies, nonprofit and profit, uh, follow me on Instagram. Heck I yeah. just want to say thank you guys for having me, and hopefully uh, your audience gains a little something from our conversation today. And this was this was fun. Absolutely. If anything, at least to me, anyways, <laughs> at least the rule of threes and the the self starting yep. uh, kind of aspect. Aiden, thank you very much for coming on, for making some time before your shift later on tonight, um, for we sharing your stories, smarter. your memories. Uh, I definitely feel like I got something out of it, so I hope the listeners did as well. Um, I can't say it enough, man. Thank you. Thank you for being a, a person that stands up uh, in the veteran community and does more than just what they should. Hell yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Folks, this is Juan the Don Ortiz signing off with our guest, Aiden Damali. Nate Landshark Shermer. Have, we'll nope. Have a great week, guys. <laughs> and we'll see you on the next one. Or hear you on the next one. I always say that, but hopefully they'll hear me not see me.